Welcome to Monday Monday. We're Joey and Emma, bringing you a new, real, raw parenting podcast series. Talking to experts, celebrities, parents, and influencers to shine a light on the areas of parenting that are overlooked, unspoken, or not Instagram worthy. We say that every day is a Monday for a mama. Please subscribe, like, comment, and follow our journey on Monday Monday. Joey Kendall Brown, Emma Sarai Thank you for listening! Hello and welcome to Monday Monday. We are so excited to tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by Nano Baby. They are such a brilliant brand. They've just launched in the UK. They've designed the first baby bottle specifically for breast milk. So ideal for all you mummers out there who are breastfeeding and expressing. Nano Baby epitomises everything that Monday Monday is about. Preparing and empowering parents. Its unique design means it both cools down and warms up twice as fast as a standard shaped bottle, so it helps preserve the nutrients in the breast milk. And its breast-like shape means it's easy holding for little hands. It's super simple to use as you can pump directly into the bottle as it comes with an adapter that fits most pumps, so no chance of spillages. And finally, the bottles can stack on top of each other for easy storage in the fridge. Such a smart design. So whether you want to get your partner involved, you're struggling with feeding, have to return to work, or just need a break, it's the perfect companion on your breastfeeding journey. It's available in John Lewis, Mamas and Papas, or on NanoBaby's website at nanobaby.co.uk. Today we are joined by the beautiful and inspirational self-help guru and Instagram agony aunt, Roxy Nafusi. Roxy's journey into emotional health came about after a tough childhood with bullying, depression and low self-esteem. After transitioning from celebrity styling into mental health, Roxy grew a dedicated audience who she inspires daily with positive quotes, relationship advice, sellout workshops and so, so much more. Last year, Roxy gave birth to the most gorgeous little boy wolf with her partner Wade and we are so honoured to have her on Monday Monday podcast to shed light on the ways we can focus on ourselves and our mental health through parenthood. Roxy, thank you so much for joining us today. What a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I honestly feel like blessed to be in your presence, (laughs) to have all this positive energy. I hope we can take some of that with us and continue our lives with all this positive healing feelings. So Roxy, thank you so much for joining us today. Congratulations on the birth thank of you. the world. He is literally adorable. <laughs> thank you. And so well paid. That's my little leaf and they he could be does. twins. He does, they but they're you two. You guys. Yeah, we could be. Yeah. We could be sisters. Yeah, exactly. for sure. Maybe we are somehow connected in some way. Everybody's connected. Yeah. <laughs> seven, seven degrees of separation. I exactly. Love but anyway, motherhood. How yes. are you enjoying it? Oh my God, I love it. I actually, so Wolf turned seven months um, two days ago. Mm. And it just, it has gone so fast, but it's kind of crazy because those first three months are such a blur and they're so different to the following four, well, actually maybe the first four months, people say the first three months, but actually I think it was the first four months, mm. but to see like how different they are to the last three months, I'm like, how is it even in the same like world of motherhood? They're mm. so different. Yeah. Like it's such a different experience. Because they suddenly go from having little to no personality sleeping all the time to being these amazing little people, yeah. don't they? Where they smile back at you. Oh my God, it's just incredible. All sleep deprivation's worth it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, like, he's just a person now. Like, I'm mm. honestly obsessed with him. I'm like, good, you're so cute. But <laughs> he's just so fun. Like, he just makes me laugh so much. But I um, definitely, like, didn't 
feel like that at the beginning mm. for sure I wasn't like one of those people that was like instant bonding like instant love did, I, you, did that worry you at all that mm, you didn't have that feeling no because I do you know what from the beginning I've never ever put any expectations on anything because from speaking to so many people about motherhood all I ever heard was like anything you expect to happen is not going to happen mm. even whether it's your labor or your pregnancy or how you're going to find you know anything it's just it never works out the way you think and I think more so in motherhood than in any other part of your life um so I didn't have any pressure or expectation on me but um I mean I mean this is going so deep so quickly but I was full of so much self-loathing from my weight gain when I gave birth that I just didn't have the capacity to love him mm. because I didn't love myself. Mm. So it was very, you know, that's why I talked, that's why my first workshop was a self-love workshop because, um, you know, it rather than self-love being selfish actually is the most selfless thing you can do because when you love yourself entirely, then you have so much capacity to love others. Mm. Um, and nothing proved that to me more than when I had Wolf and I was so filled with self-hate that I had nothing even for my own child mm. you know so I think to see you know we've really grown together you know and as I've you know now I have absolutely none of that I'm I am now full of self-love and full of like you know unconditional love that everyone talks about now I feel it and I'm how I'm did so you manage happy. to change your perspective because I know for me I almost feel embarrassed having like a self-love because I don't want to come across as like not in a way where you like love yourself yeah. as in that kind of you know that that perspective that everyone's like oh god she just loves herself yeah. kind of thing but deep down feeling that like appreciation and looking at how actually I I was the same as you I literally hated pregnancy yeah. I didn't like the weight gain but the change in your thought process of actually okay I gained weight but my body did an amazing thing I still don't see that I just think I gained weight kind of yeah. thing so how can we change our perspective to have that self-love um look it's a lot of inner work mm. love learning to love yourself isn't something that happens overnight but it's something that you can get you can get to that place mm. but it is you know looking at the way that you speak to yourself noticing your inner voice um questioning it not just accepting its negativity like really going actually is that a true statement is there another way I can look at this um it's doing gratitude exercises every day it's what do um, they involve what does a gratitude exercise you know for involve? okay for if it's about self-love specifically it is as simple as every single night writing down five things you love about yourself it's finding out what makes you tick it's finding out who makes you feel good and spending time with those people you know that thing you talk about about feeling um you don't want to seem like you're being arrogant mm. you know that's we're so conditioned to believe that being confident is being arrogant especially at school you know what girls are like well, it's like oh gosh so arrogant but actually that really comes from most people are not look some people are okay fine most people do not think they're better than others no. but confidence can be really confronting for a lot of people so they see someone that's confident and actually they envy it so then they say she's so arrogant so then everybody else thinks oh well I better not be confident because then I'll seem arrogant actually like having confidence should inspire you like if I see a confident person I'm so inspired by it yeah. I'm like oh I love their confidence I want that for myself one of the things that I talk about and 
uh, my manifesting workshops is turning um, envy into inspiration. And so I think, you know, be around people that are confident and look at what, how are they presenting themselves? Like, let that inspire you. I don't know, for me, that really works. Mm. That really um, resonates. I mean, I'm yeah. getting goosebumps just listening to you. Because like, literally, for me, like, I've listened to so many of the other podcasts you've done and stuff like that. And hearing the way you've turned like a negative feeling that you've had into a positive outlook and also not betraying like you come across so well on your Instagram oh, and like you're not you. forcing your thoughts down people's throats you're literally just there thank you, you know I, mean, I mean it's look I definitely I get the same nerves mm. um when I'm posting thinking oh god I hope I'm not shoving my happiness in anyone's face and I always have to remind myself that hopefully it's just inspiring people and I've been so honest about my journey of unhappiness that actually it's really nice to be like a bright and positive page to come to because you also worry that you're like um you you know I don't want to be like a misery guts you know because everybody has that kind of kind of worry if it's too much but you know I am proud to be happy and I'm proud to feel good in myself and I'm proud to be confident and you know it's really nice to hear like you say that you know you've seen the journey and Mm. um and that you find it inspiring so that is uh that's all I can really wish for and and I think it's you're right I think we should celebrate the good things that the happy things I think a lot of people always say on on you know Instagram for instance oh you always show the good parts but that's because we love we want to cherish the good parts absolutely and, you know no one wants to remember a, a time when you know you maybe had to go to the emergency room with your baby because that's the that fills you with dread so you want to be capturing them moments that make you feel happy yeah. and that should be celebrated of course you it's like the moments that you're proud of I think it's it's great it's no different to ten years ago showing your neighbours your holiday pictures yeah. in your photo album mm. you know because you're proud of it and it's like we should be proud yeah. and. And that's so lovely. Like, how nice to be able to post something. You know, I remember when I first had Wolfie and I just kept posting pictures of him. And I was like, oh, God, is it too much? And it's like, you know, I'm proud. Like, I want to show him off. And we all we all have the same in us where we want to show off our... And it's not show off in a kind of boastful way that no. you say when you're five years old and you're like, <laughs> don't be a show off. Yeah, but you do want to show off yeah, your of happiness. Course, of and, course. you know, and, and inspire and make people smile and... You know, if someone doesn't want to see it, they just don't follow you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's as easy as that. Yeah. yeah. As a new parent, we find um, ourselves making adaptions to our lifestyles, friendships, our relationships. How did you navigate your life change? And how can we do this without feeling like that sense of like losing our old lives? I mean, I guess for me, I have really... I mean, I'm very much under the impression that, like, being a good mum means that I have to be the best version of me, which means that I wasn't willing to give up a part of my life that was fulfilling me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to give up work. Um, I went straight back after three months, like, and probably worked harder than I ever have in my life. Um, I don't give up seeing my friends and I don't give up going to the gym. And those are things that really... and, And I don't give up alone time with Wade. So those are like the kind of the things that really fill me and Mm -hmm. make me feel whole. And I think that enables me to be like the best mum that I can. But I have given up things like drinking, staying out till (laughs) 6am, smoking, partying, spending time with people that don't make me feel good about myself. And I'm happy to give them up actually, but it took me becoming a mother to do that because you are more precious about your time and you don't want to do things that make you feel... 
um, bad about yourself or unenergized or low and then that you know translate into being not as good a mom as you can be so I think you still for me it's still not about changing your life to not be you it's making more of an effort to be your best you Mm -hmm. so only have the things in your life that cherish you that you cherish and that fill you up and that make you feel like the best you can um, because you know that's what your children are going to see and they're going to see how you feel and how you are and they're going to sense your energy Mm -hmm. Um, and letting go of you know wild nights out for me is not an issue I have had more than enough of them (laughs) like to last a lifetime oh my god I am so I honestly I walk I go on a 6am coffee run every single morning without fail and often I'll see people like strolling in you know or like still out (laughs) and I get such anxiety because I've been there so many times I'm like oh my god I'm so happy I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? My worry is that because I know what I used to get up to, I know what Knox is going to get up to. <laughs> That's like, so true. No, don't do it. <laughs> so true. So rewind to when you fell pregnant. Yeah. Were you aware of pre and postnatal depression and were you able to kind of adapt the way you thought and like process the whole pregnancy or is it something you kind of grew with throughout the nine months? Um. No, so I... F- so I actually found out I was pregnant because I was in Dubai with <laughs> the Wolfie. I was I in hello. Yeah. I was in Dubai with Wade mm-hmm. and we'd only been together three months and we'd just met in Dubai because he'd gone away to get his visa to come move here. Um, and I was just feeling really flat. And the night before I came back to London, I actually started crying and he was like, Why are you crying? And I was like, I just feel like I'm like I kept having flashbacks of like life and like my 20s and I was like I just feel like I'm going to a new life I just don't feel like I'm going back to the same life and I Mm. thought it was just because I'd kind of been on this journey anyway and I was trying to get healthy and um stop drinking so much and everything and I was really just like I know I was just a bit sad a bit flat and I got to my sisters and I was like oh I've come back and I'm not feeling like good and I was like I should be because I'm being healthy and work's going well and I'm in really good shape and I'm in a new relationship which means that I should be full of this like euphoria that you feel in those Mm. early stages and she was like are you sure you're not pregnant I was like I'm definitely not pregnant like 100% anyway I was in the bath I took a test in the bathroom at her house and she was like and I just saw the cross and I just Wade and my sister were outside the bathroom and I was like what does the cross mean and there was like silence and I was like, what does the cross mean and they were like you're pregnant and oh I just like gosh. broke down in tears and my I would say honestly from then on I just went from bad to worse my mental health was just on a steady decline it was horrific Um, and it's funny because I was feeling flat and low before I found out I was Mm. pregnant. So that kind of made me think it was a hormone thing and it was a real like chemical imbalance. Um, but I know I was not aware of it at all. And look, it's hard how much of it was hormone, how much of it was just like shock. And I was with someone new and then we moved house like a week later to this place now but at the time it literally looked like a student apartment like it was a complete dump and I you know and I it was just a lot of change I had to give up smoking um I actually wasn't ready to give up drinking and 
there was just it was just a lot you know so i don't know but then the then the weight gain happened for me which i was really rapid and um i've spoken about so much i feel like i'm boring myself and everyone talking about it i mean everyone's like yeah we get it you put on weight but (laughs) that's how i felt that i was like literally no one can look at me ever i felt like a beach yeah i i didn't actually leave the house for the last like three months i didn't leave waterloo where i live i stayed where no one would see me um for 10 days I actually didn't leave the house once really? and I was like developing agoraphobia. I was like so scared to, that anyone would see me. Um, I completely lost all my identity. Like you look, a lot of my work had been based, you know, around, you know, I guess appearance, but also it is how I validated myself on some level. I think everyone validates themselves to some degree or not everyone that's a vast generalization but a lot of people do value mm. how they look um and when you completely lose and you look like it and I and it wasn't like I just put on some weight I actually looked like a different person and I, I did get asked when I went to pick up my niece from nursery if I was Roxy's sister like I really did I was a different person mm. and I lost all my sense of identity I didn't work um I didn't want to socialize so I really felt like I was kind of like in this like mental prison um and I do feel like honestly traumatized by it like Mm. when I think about pregnancy there was such darkness and such self-loathing and such sadness it really is it really is sad to actually think about it that I went through that Mm. and and for Wade even to go through it with me how did he like cope with it did he find it it was really difficult for him because he was from Australia he'd only come in to London on holiday for four days met me suddenly he's having a baby with me I'm depressed he's got no family here like you know it was a lot for him but Mm. he was just I mean I just could not even begin to describe how grateful I am to him Mm. and there's you know if I just can't even he's just an amazing man like the patience he has and the love he has and the love he gave me and the support I mean he is absolutely like my world and I'm so grateful for him um I don't think a lot of people would have been able to cope Mm. with it the way that he did did you talk about it openly about how you were feeling or did you lock it up because a lot of people tend to keep it all wrapped up and yeah. that makes it worse or were you vocal yeah were you able to say? i was very vocal about <laughs> it everyone fucking knew <laughs> yeah at least they understood yes. then though i'm very open about that stuff um did you ever get any negatives from for you being open because i i feel like a lot of potentially a lot of people feel scared to say I'm uncomfortable with the way that I look at the moment yeah. because people will be you're being ungrateful you're pregnant yeah, absolutely. which is a ridiculous thing to say yeah. because of course you're grateful but I think some people feel scared to say actually I don't I can't recognise myself in the mirror I feel really really low about myself and, they, and that makes them even wor- feel them even worse because yeah. they feel like this sense of like I shouldn't be feeling this way mm, but I definitely. am so do you think that of compounds course. yeah because there's a sense of um you know you have to be grateful to be pregnant and in that case you can never complain about anything but it's just not true I mean you know it's the same as saying you shouldn't be disappointed if you have a bad meal because you can eat yeah you know it really it's the same like what upsets you upsets you and what makes you feel bad makes you feel bad and you shouldn't really have to explain it to anyone of course I was grateful to be pregnant Mm. of course I was so I will be (laughs) of course I was so happy to be having a baby and I never doubted it for a second that I wouldn't um I knew I was gonna 
like love being a mum and I'd always said I'd never be happy I'd never be truly happy till I'm a mum and that was absolutely true I knew it all my life but it, no it didn't make it any easier I absolutely despised being pregnant having said that I can't wait to be pregnant again really? and do it differently. That was going to be my question, actually. I was going to say, has yes. it put you off having another? No, I can't wait to do it differently. Really? I think I'll be more prepared for it mentally, physically. Um, I probably won't allow myself to eat like 100 twirls and pizzas every day. Did you suffer from um, like any sickness or anything no, like that? Physically, I had a perfect pregnancy. I was just so lucky. It was just emotion. Mm. Um, yeah, physically, I was, I was fine. Do you know if it was like water retention or anything like there that? There was, I mean a lot of water retention also like my nose oh my days it was like triple the size it was like bulbous is it something that only you noticed though no. and like everyone no, said no, no. even Wade we look back at pictures and he's like I actually don't know how I loved you he's like <laughs> he's like I genuinely didn't see it and I don't know how um yes he says I looked like an old Greek Cypriot man Fact, <laughs> fact. I will. I'll show you the picture because nobody believes me at how bad it got. But you're quite open about sharing that journey. Like I know you've posted on your Instagram some of the before and after shots yeah, of pregnancy. Yeah, I have stuff. not posted the worst ones. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not good. You know, I remember I asked when I gave birth. I asked Wade to go get me some pajamas from Primark because I absolutely love Primark pajamas. I have like an addiction to them, and um extra large was really tight on my legs and that's saying something like you know what I mean and you just think it was like the foot because I literally blew up as well like looking back at my videos when we were trying to give like get knocks out naturally I was like walking around the park and everything and I was almost as wide as I was tall because I'm so little and like I just looked like this little person waddling along and my husband's like six foot four and really tall and slim (laughs) so people must have thought what the hell are those two so to anybody out there who's maybe feeling these feelings what advice would you give them oh god just that it's temporary and that you really like if you want like anything that you're worried about everything goes back the way like the way that you want it and back to yourself and I wish I mean I used to spend hours on mum's net just being like will I be me again because you just I think ultimately the problem with it all and the reason you get so sad is you don't feel like yourself and you feel out of control um and there's no end until the baby has arrived to this to this like anything you're going through whether it's this sickness or it's the sadness or it's the weight gain you know whatever thing you're going through in pregnancy that feels not great for you um at the time you feel like there's no end to it right and I think that I always say about like being unhappy anyway is that when you're in when you're depressed you feel you're never going to be happy again Mm. and when you're happy you think you're never going to be depressed again it's like you just everything is transient everything you know there's an end to everything you will be yourself again um just try and I don't I mean I say I just try and enjoy it but I know that I found that hard but you know I'll tell myself that next time for sure did you ever speak to anyone whilst you were going through those kind of like dark thoughts yeah weighed a lot yeah but no one like professional for example yes I want to look I went my midwife was amazing Mm. Talia she was just so kind like she was just the best like I just love the NHS so much I honestly think they are just so incredible um and she was so kind you know she gave me her number I texted her when I like needed her um she tried to put me on the like list to see like a therapist or counselor or something but um they just couldn't fit me in I mean the wait list must just be so long 
Um, and that's with they, they apparently they prioritize prenatal mm. um, and postnatal mental health issues. But even so, it was very, very difficult to get an appointment. That's the, the sad thing about mm. it. Because I think that I, I, I was never diagnosed with postnatal depression. But I felt so fragile after giving birth to the boys. I felt like a failure as a mum. And I had this anxiety all the time that just would creep in and would not leave. Um, and I look back and I wonder, was I, was I clinically like depressed? Did I have depression? Or do all parents have, have, that, have them hard times at the beginning? Like, it's, it's difficult for me to say, but I, I know that I massively struggled mm. in the first year. Mm with my mental health and so did my partner but do all parents struggle is it some is it a taboo like do people just don't talk don't talk about the, the hardships and maybe I was just having a hard time rather than being depressed is there a difference mm. this is I don't know I I don't okay for example I don't think I have or while I struggled prenatally postnatally I didn't have any mm. so I don't think it's something everyone goes through and I do think yes sleep deprivation change of lifestyle stress that's all gonna feed into you not feeling your best if you feel hopeless about the future and it's that's a consistent feeling that things won't get better I would say that's one of the biggest indicators Mm. that it's depression um for me you know feeling a bit low for a while you can kind of put something you can pinpoint it you can be like I'm feeling sad because xyz right and in this case sometimes you can but sometimes there's not a specific thing and you're just thinking I just don't see this ever getting better and once you start thinking I don't see this getting better that's when I think you Mm. need to speak to someone Thank you. It's really nice to clarify that because I think there's a real distinction between the two. Yeah. But it's because, I mean, you had double the load as well, didn't I you? I mean, I honestly just think you're a superhero. Yeah. I think that is just... Anyone that has twins, I'm like, how? I don't know how we got through it. I honestly don't. It's, it's amazing. I do bang on about this a lot in the podcast, but it really, really was tough. And a lot of twin mums have got in touch with me to say that they're glad that we're talking about how hard it is because they just found themselves really isolated. Mm, yeah. Because um, we... I basically didn't leave the house for five months because I physically couldn't because I was breastfeeding the boys at the time. And by the time wow, the cycle you comes both? up... Yeah, but wow. only for three months because wow, by that amazing. point, I was like, I need to sleep. I literally didn't sleep for three months. And I mean, did not sleep oh, because gosh. the three-hour cycle, because they were premature... And then it got to the four-hour cycle. But then I was doing one baby took an hour, next baby took an hour. Then yes, was, oh, my God, because it takes an hour and drinking back food, then. And then you Expressing, milk, yeah. eating, and then you start the feeding again. Would so, you forget, don't you, yeah. that in those early days, it's an hour to feed? I know. <laughs> it's yeah. so insane. It's like an hour to feed, then an hour to wind. Oh, my goodness. Them. And so I, was, so I was in this vicious cycle of just never, stop, never being able to sort of get out of the house, which was really really oh that's i mean and not getting fresh air and a change of scene and it's gonna send you mad Mm. one thing that i was like keen to ask you about and i know that stacy solomon has spoken about it recently as well is that after she gave birth she had these 
almost overbearing feelings of not wanting people to come close to the baby and wanting to breastfeed and stuff like that and I actually had exactly the same and pushed away all of the closest people from me didn't want to have any help made my life impossibly difficult didn't even like trust Andy with the baby and stuff but do you think that um like postnatal depression can show itself in other ways like something like that yes or do you think it's just first time mum feeling anxious kind of thing I don't want it it's hard because I don't want to sit here and say because you didn't want anyone near your Mm. baby you must have been depressed in Mm. some way because I just you just don't I don't know so I don't have the does it it's not something that every mother has no like I, I had the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you were depressed before, and yes. then you kind of came through and but, saw the shining light. But yes, look, mental health problems are not just depressed and anxious. Mm. There's a whole spectrum of things. So, if you're doing something that maybe isn't rational, and you can look back on it and say, "Well, that was a not a rational mm. thought," then yeah, that's that's Some something of. to do with your mental health at the time, and it could be hormones, and it could be. Um, like we've said, sleep deprivation or all those other things, you know, and your body is just in like mayhem. So there are lots of different ways that mental health problems can manifest themselves. Um, And if we are suffering from things like that, because it's like quite an odd thing to have really, isn't it? Like Emma, I remember on another podcast, you were saying I wanted all the help I could get. And literally I wanted to lock myself in a room and not let anyone touch him. Yeah. And I just think now, as you say, I can look back and think, oh my God, I was nuts. Like, but how do you kind of rationalize those thoughts when you are sleep deprived and you do have these hormones like raging through your body? I just don't know if you can. Mm. I, I think like my only advice, unless you, things are getting really hard and you have to seek a professional help, like yeah. you, everybody should like and not be embarrassed too. There are people that want to support you. Speak to your partners, speak to other moms. Mm. Um, you know, nothing nothing hasn't happened to someone else before anything you're going through there are hundreds of other women that are going through the exact same thing you're never on your own with it like you telling me you know that I've heard that from so many mums yeah it's not one what is normal and I think my biggest advice for mums is just stop putting so much pressure on yourself Mm. um if you're gonna be reading parenting books take them with a pinch of salt for the love of god like (laughs) there is no such thing as a perfect parent no everyone is just doing their best all they want to do is bring up their child the best way they can Mm. and that they know how no one mom is better than another mom i just don't believe it as long as we're giving our child unconditional love and we're doing our best and we're trying to also take care of ourselves at the same time, that's all you can ask yourself of yourself. Mm-hmm. So just give yourself a break, like, and don't judge yourself on any of those things that you did then or that you're doing now. Like, you're just doing your best. Yeah. I remember Joe saying that it's impacted your relationship with 100%, Andy. 100%, 100%. Um, and that... Y- she was asking you were talking to me when you were about saying you know what what can she how can she speak to Andy now and get him to understand that it was like me not thinking rationally it wasn't like me deliberately pushing him away and like another thing his mum's a health visitor and so I thought she's going to be amazing with Knox I've never had a child before I don't feel maternal in any way what happens if I can't make my own baby love me and like care for them and then these other people around me are going to be so much better that was like my biggest fear and I was going to fail in the first place so it was almost like blocking people out so that I could get a grip first 
Absolutely. I mean, that's very self-aware of you. Mm. I mean, you've just kind of found your source there yeah. and when you're trigger. So that, I mean, that's pretty incredible that you have the awareness to be able to describe it like that. And luckily I've got forgiving family, so. <laughs> <laughs> and and hopefully you forgive yourself as well. Yeah. Like, and don't judge yourself for it mm. in any way because I, like it, that's the most important thing is mm. that you know that you did nothing wrong and that's just how you had to be at the time yeah. you know and you didn't... and hopefully it wouldn't happen again, again because like it was so bad actually it's put Andy having off put Andy off having any more mm. children so he's like so worried that he's going to kind of take a back seat for that first year and mm. also my mood swings because I didn't know whether I was like coming or going and having all these thoughts that I didn't feel I could maybe say oh listen can I just have like yeah. a week on my own or that kind of thing that I kind of turned into almost like a lesser person of myself if oh, that makes don't sense say that. <laughs> yeah but you know what I mean like I'm and even when we came and first started recording this with you this has been like therapy for me yeah. so like, we've kind of gone through all the different emotions and everything and like letting go enough to put Knox in nursery yeah and not thinking that that's someone else bringing up my child that's someone else giving him something that I can't give him because we have work to do and actually yeah. work makes me feel good and Amazing, therefore by yeah. sending him to nursery I've actually had a positive impact of course out of it. but it takes other people that aren't maybe close to you to kind yeah. of give you that little nudge like Emma yeah to actually take that step of and get course. on with it and that's so, why talking about it's so important yeah. isn't it to friends yeah. and things. that's what's great about social media isn't it exactly and hearing mm. those stories and look I think with um Andy it's just you don't go through the same things twice mm. you know like you will have learned so much about yourselves about each other mm. and you know find a way that you can like I always say like find the best way to communicate with them by finding out how they listen best mm. so um it's always making sure firstly that nobody ever feels attacked yeah. because as soon as someone starts defending themselves they're not listening yeah. um does he actually listen better face to face actually is it better if you write him uh, like a long message people just kind mm. of think oh you can't text something important actually some people listen better like to that be fair, though, because they reflect like, when you go through like relationship breakups and stuff like that you always kind of like process it and send each other these yeah. long-winded messages being like i love you but yeah. it's not right and then exactly. you end up working it out well you? it's some, you just have to find the way that he best hears mm. you um you know and i think it is really important that um it's really important that someone doesn't judge you on your past behavior and say this is who you are I really feel strongly about that we are ever evolving as humans we're always growing and changing and I think there's a tendency for people to put other people in their boxes this is what you did when you were 16 therefore this is who you are Mm. no who I was yesterday isn't who I am today so really it's about both of you looking at each other and who you are now understanding that you've grown it's been two years Mm -hmm. you're still growing you're still learning and with a new child there's a whole new journey and a whole new opportunity to learn Mm. Um, but ultimately what's important is that you're going to love and support and respect each other no matter what and giving each other a safe space to be who you are now Mm. You know, and not I mean, putting past amazing, judgment on each other. I'm going to make sure he listens to this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that all the women out there who have gone through something similar to you, hopefully this will really help yeah. them as well. Oh, um, so. You've spoken about having a morning ritual. Yes. About going and having coffee at 6am. Yeah. Um, how much did this have um, a positive impact on sort of like motherhood at the beginning? Oh, good question. 
Uh, well, because I wasn't leaving the house much at the beginning, it was really like the streets were quiet and it was just like a time for us to just like be a family. I really love walking and me and Wade, like it's our best chat time, mm. you know, because at home it's really easy. Like I'm always on my phone working mm. or, you know, he's doing, you know, whatever, or he's been away or whatever, you know, there's a hundred distractions, but you, and usually they're revolved around Wolfie when we're at home. But when Wolfie's in his pram, he's just chilling and watching the world go by and me and Wade can just talk. And it's so nice. And even when he was away um, for three months, I still did it every morning on my own with Wolfie. And it's just, it's, such a nice way to start the day it getting fresh air first thing in the morning just makes you feel good and I it for me it's like okay the day started now and then I come back and then I'm like right let's go I literally and everyone's like how'd you get out of the house so early it's like I just literally put on my jogging bottoms and trainers and a hat I don't I'm not putting makeup on to like Mm. go get ready for my morning coffee it's like just get on whatever you can and just walk for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes it's such a nice way to start the day Mm. um and it is kind of you know I think that was bonding for me and Wolfie as well because you're looking at each other you know and you're just it's it's I don't know it's just a really special time for me and it's my favorite way to start the day also it gives you that kind of adrenaline even though it's only like a quiet walk down to your coffee it wakes like you up recharging yeah. you for the oh day, my god it, it yeah. totally does i mean i also became a coffee addict because of it. <laughs> me too i think every parent's a coffee addict now oh my god totally my for any mums because for me i really really was scared about going outside now i've always been an outdoors girl i know how important nature is yeah but when i became a mum i couldn't get out the door I literally was so scared of going yeah. out with the baby on my own. What was if something happens? It was yeah. ridiculous, irrational. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of mum that have contacted us, haven't they, Jamie, mm. over the last few months and said, I'm scared to get out the door. Oh my God, I had the same. Yeah. I totally get it. I, I had a really big fear of Wolf crying in public and looking like a bad mum mm-hmm. and like a teen mum mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. you do not great not, not, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with teen mums, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mean that. But, <laughs> but like, I felt like I would just look really inexperienced, really stupid. I remember the first time it happened, I literally would come out in like sweats. I was so anxious and nervous and I like refused to leave the house without Wade because mm. I was like, I can't do it on my own. So I totally get it. The only way you overcome it is by doing it. Yeah, That's it. You have to. That was the same as like, us actually. If Andy you can give away. birth to a baby, you can get out of that house. Yeah. And also like, just we have do shops, it. don't we? We have shops everywhere. You can buy whatever you need. Yes. And or people, just go home. I, yeah. I really do wish that I'd have spoken to you because it, it took me five months yeah. to get out on my own. This is, I mean, I've been out with uh, Danny. Yeah. He took me out and we did together. But I, the first time was around five months. Mm. I went out on my own with the yeah. boys. And I did feel great when I got home. So for any parent out there that's listening who is just sitting there thinking, ah, oh, I can't do it. Get your coat on. Yeah. Get your trainers on. Don't care about your makeup and just get out. Absolutely. And do you know what? People are so kind. Mm. The majority of people have been through it before. They're so helpful. Um, you've never had someone open a door for you more often than when you've got a young baby with you. I mean, it's it's people are so nice. And if they're not, fuck them. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) like really, if so, I just, just do it. Just go. Yeah. Even if it's like writing checklist or something like that, I think that helped me is I knew on my phone, I had a list of everything I need to put in my bag so I could get out the door. Exactly. I wouldn't forget anything. Yeah. I mean, being organized is great. It's so important. So as we spoke about earlier, 
as a new mother, you can lose your self-identity. Yeah. What sort of ways can we look at regaining our self-identity? Um, I think, look, take a look at your life and split it into sections. Okay, mm. so let's get a piece of paper, split it into six boxes. Mum is one of them. Fill in the other five. Mm. Like, force yourself. You know, it might be exercise, it might be your work, it might be your romantic relationships, your family, your hobbies, um, reading, uh, time alone, whatever. Fill that in. Being a mum is just a small part of your... Not a small part. Look, sorry, it's a massive part, Mm. but it's a part. Mm. It's not... Doesn't define who you are. You are more than just a mum. It's like, yes, I'm a mum. I'm also a self-help guru. I'm also a girlfriend. I'm also a sister and a friend, you know... I'm lots of things and a mum is one of those things and I think I found that quite easy because I never planned to be a mum so for me it was like okay I'm a mum but I'm still going to be all these other things and I so maybe I have an advantage from that I hadn't decided like okay this is my time of my life where I'm going to now decide to just be a mum and I think no one is just a mum everybody is more than that there are there are a hundred other things so figure out what else you are um and really dedicate time to it because you're only it's not selfish and I think this is what people worry about the Mm. most is they're like I have to give my everything to my child and it's like you have to be the best mom you can be and that means being the best you it's like I don't I don't want Wolf to see me personally as just someone that dotes on him Mm. 100% of the time and has nothing for myself. I want him to see me as someone that's strong and independent and loving and fun and got a whole load of things to show him in the world because I've experienced a lot. You know, for me, that's what I want. And I think a lot of people maybe want that for themselves. But... I know it's not easy and I don't, I really, I hate, like I so I worry in my head, I'm like, fuck, I hope I don't sound preachy. I'm not trying to and I'm not assuming that it's ever easy for everyone. I totally get that um, people would like, don't have people to help them. You know, I'm very lucky I've got support in weight. Some people are single mums, they don't have that. But, you know, if that's the case, when your baby's napping, take that time. Mm. Just, you know, get in the bath straight away, you know, t- steal those 10 minutes, get make yourself a self-care routine you know get yourself some nice cream so you can enjoy it get yourself a good book find a series that you enjoy um you know do an at-home workout do a carry fit class um you know there's always opportunity to do something for yourself whether you have help from a partner or your family or babysitters or you or you don't but just really prioritize it like Mm. you're more than a mum we are. We are we more are. than a mum, <laughs> god damn it. I'm already feeling paranoid already. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my paper out on the train home and I'm gonna do my five. manifestation. Yeah. Which leads us further down oh, the yes. podcast. Oh, Can you explain a little bit about manifestation for us? Because I'm so intrigued. I I'm I'm literally obsessed. Oh god, okay. Uh it's such a big topic, but manifesting is essentially Um, being able to draw into your life anything that you want and create the exact 